All right, guys, it is good to see each of you that are here today. It's been a blessing to see you, see faces. You all have been seeing me, but I've not been seeing you. And for those who are seeing me by Facebook or by YouTube, listen, we're glad that you're still seeing me this way, but I look forward to the day I get to see you in person. All right, guys, I want to ask you some questions this morning, but I don't want you to answer aloud, okay? I want you to keep your thoughts to yourself. Um, but I want to ask these questions. For the most of the time, some of the time, or none of the time, do you trust our government? Most of the time, some of the time, part of the time, are you supportive of our government physically? And with your prayers. Most of the time, some of the time, part of the time, do you feel like the government's always trying to take more of your rights? So in today's message, I want to, I will finish this short passage of Scripture that I want to look at. We're going to look at several observations that seem a little bit sidetracking, but I feel like we need to go there. But I want to ultimately answer this question. As believers in Christ, how do we respond to government? As believers in Christ, how do we respond to government? And I want to, at, by the end of this, be able, I hope, to answer our question with this. Let's read the passage together that we're going to be in in Mark chapter number 12. Mark chapter number 12, we're going to look, we're going to begin at verse number 12. And we're going to go down to verse number 17. Okay? Okay? And they sought to lay hands on him, but feared the multitude... For they knew he had spoken the parable against them, so they left him and went away. Then they sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. And when they had come, they said to him about uh, no one. They said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one. For you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius, that I may see it. So they brought it, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. 
and they marveled at him. I want us to think first this way. I want us to think about the divided that are united. In, in this verse, the Pharisees wanted to lay hands on Jesus, but they didn't want to do it in a kind way. Um, we're all still trying to figure out in this new world that we live in whether we can hug or shake hands or what we can do. And it's been a little bit frustrating, just to be honest, right? Um, and I'm ready to move on, as I sure you are. But they could not, because they could not get a hold of Jesus because of fear of the people. So they what? So they sent a group of Pharisees. Matthew alludes that it could have been disciples of the Pharisees and the Herodians to Jesus. Now this is interesting. Okay? Hang on to this right here. Because these two groups of people do not unite on many issues. I want to describe it to you. That the Pharisees were equal to today's right-wing conservatives. The Herodians were a political group who followed a man named Herod Antipas that was considered a puppet for the Romans. This group was equal to our left-wing liberals. Occasionally, something would come up that these two groups that were odds could come together and put away their differences and be united. The issue is, as I want you to think about this, currently the divided are united in finding a way to get rid of Jesus. I think that that probably should be the one pulse that our church watches. When the divided come together in a united way to get rid of the church, we probably should have our eyeballs on that. Okay? Now let's look at the manipulation. The manipulation. With motives that were impure, this group comes to Jesus with flattery. Remember what I say about flattery? Remember what I say about flattery? I need a... a I need Abigail and Naomi and Lexus. I need that, them to tune in to me for just a moment. I, I, want, I want to tell you something about flattery. It sounds good. It feels good. It like encourages us. But it's like perfume. Don't drink it. Don't trust it. It's just a motive to get what somebody wants. Stay away from it. Flattery. So they come to Jesus with flattery. And they say, Teacher, you're a man of truth and you do not care about no one. Now listen to what they're saying. They're not saying that Jesus doesn't care about people. That's not what they're saying. What they're flattering Him with is they're saying, you're a teacher that it doesn't matter whether the rich are in the room or whether the poor are in the room, whether the Pharisees are in the room or whether the Herodians are in the room. It doesn't matter to you who's in the room. You're going to speak the truth of God no matter what. They're buttering Him up. 
They're flattering. They're complimenting his teaching style. And then they're going to ask him a question. I want to sidetrack just a little bit about the flattery. I want to sidetrack off that just a hair. And I want to ask you this question. Do you think it's wrong to question God? Okay. It's wrong. Quit. Difference between doubt and question. Okay? Good. Let's think about, I want, I want us to think about two places that's in the Word of God because these guys are doing what? They're questioning God. I want you to think about two places in the Word of God where that they ask, they question God. The psalmist does it in Psalm 10, verse 1. Remember what the psalmist says to David himself? Man, the king, we read in our reading this week, not only is Jesus the son of David, but Jesus is the Lord of David because he's both man and God. But this is what he said in Psalm 10, verse 1. He said, the, he said Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? He's questioning God. He's wanting to know where are you at? Why? What is going on? Listen, let's not forget that the Word of God was inspired by the Spirit of God. So therefore, if it's inspired by the Spirit of God, God has put it in His Word that somebody was questioning Him. God, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Where are you at? I'm in trouble. Let me take you to a group that's already in heaven. In Revelation chapter 6, there's a group that's been killed because they, of the Word of God. They're martyrs. They've been slain. And listen, they're already in heaven. They're already around the throne. And you know what they're saying? How long, O oh Lord? How long till you avenge our blood? How long till you make this thing right? We're questioning Him. Listen, I want you to realize that these men that come to Jesus with the wrong motive and with manipulation are going to question Him. But He's not going to leave them without an answer. He's going to answer them. So, I would say this. I would not suggest that we question God with wrong motives or manipulation or flattery. But at the same time, I will tell you, when you're going through a difficult time, you're going through a time that you don't understand, I'm going to tell you that there's not a better person to question than God. He can take it when nobody else can't take it. And He always knows the right answer. See, I think when we're going through a difficult time, I think we question God so that we can know and understand, God, what are you wanting to teach me through this? What do you want to address? What, 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 is the, what is the whipping I'm getting? What is the changes I need to make in my life? What is going on here, God? Work with me. Now, I would say this to you as you begin and okay to bring these things to God. Don't forget about Job because you may end up exactly like Job and may not like the answer that you receive. Remember, Job said, I put my hand over my mouth. He was saying, I wished I'd have never asked. <laughs> I wished I'd have kept my mouth shut, Lord. 
But you know, also what we learn from Job is sometimes you don't always get the answer you expect. You see, Job never did find out about the conversation between God and Satan in heaven. Never did find out. He found out about the character of God and who God was and His sovereignty, but he never found out why he suffered. So we may not ever get an answer, but God will work in our lives through it. Manipulation. And, and before we leave that, I might say to us, and I'll, I'll, I'll just save it to the end. Let's move to the trick question. The trick question. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Is it, is it? Should we do it or should we not? They thought they had come up with a question, and I guarantee you these guys didn't come up with this question, but the group that sent them had a committee meeting, and they figured this question out because they thought they had a question that was going to back Jesus in the corner, and He would not be able to answer correctly. It was an either-or question, and when He answered, He was doomed either way. You see... If he answers this question, do we pay taxes to Caesar or not? If he answers no, he takes a risk of being arrested by the Romans and being, out of, being taken out of sight and his ministry over. If he answers yes, then the Jews will consider him a traitor and will want to stop following him. So the deal here is, they think they've backed Jesus in the quarter. They think they're done with Him. Let me ask you, do you think the Creator of the universe is backed in a corner that He cannot get out of? <laughs> I don't think we will ever ask Jesus a question that He cannot answer. And His answers will always be right. So now let's look at the right answer. The right answer. Before he answers them, I want you to see this. He wants them to know that he knows they're manipulating him. Right off the bat, he says to them right off the front as he says, Why are you testing me? He, he knows they're not interested in a right answer. He knows they're trying to catch him in something they can accuse him of. Guys, I, listen, I want you to get this. He sees through our manipulation as well. He sees through our flattery as well. And, and I promise you this, every person sitting in this room today manipulates people somehow. We manipulate people in a way that we can control them to get them to do what we want. Some of us manipulate with flattery and with smiles and with flirting. We get people to do what we want. Some of us manipulate people with frowns and anger. Some of us manipulate with always being better and making somebody else look less. Some of us manipulate because we're the woe person that never get our way and life is so hard. 
the victim. But I guarantee you, every one of us have mastered one of those traits, and we started mastering it when we were the age of bear. I want to eat, and if I scream loud enough, Mom will feed me. We will master them. But let's go on. He wanted them to know the detection. And then he asked them for a coin. Isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't have one? I think it's quite interesting that he didn't have one. And it wasn't because he had a debit card either. Okay? So he asked for a coin. So they asked him, do we pay to him or not? And he says, let me see a coin. And then following that, he asked them another question. Whose picture is on the coin? Whose picture is there? And they say to him, what? Caesar is on the coin. So he says to them, what? Render. The word render means to pay back a debt that you owe. He says, so render to Caesar whatever Caesar demands. You see, the word tax here is a word that we get our English word census from. And we know this from the birth of Jesus that one time a year that the Roman government would count all the people, would do a census. And then every person that was counted were required to pay a denarius to the Roman government. And that was equal to a soldier's day wage or a common worker's day wage. So Jesus is saying what? Jesus is saying, if you owe them, this is what they require, pay it. It's owed. Pay it. So Jesus says to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but He also says give to God what is God's. Remember how He determined what was Caesar's? By the image that was on the coin. How do we determine what is God's? Whose image is on us? What is made in the image of God? You and I are. So what did he say? He said, give your, whatever the coin amount is that the government requires, give it to them, but give your life to God. The Christ Exposition Commentary, I thought they said it well when they said it like this. Obey the government as long as we can. And worship God as long as we live. Now, in other words, I want you to get this. In other words, we do not disobey the government because our lives have become inconvenient or uncomfortable. Stay with me just a minute. See, in the United States of America as a nation, we have been able to enjoy conveniences and comforts like no other nation in the world. Nothing even compares to what we've been able to enjoy here. How, how many of you all 
How many of y'all received a letter of essential saying that I'm essential, so therefore I'm allowed to be on the road and I'm allowed to go to work? You, you received one, you received one, you received one. You received one as well, Sherry? Yeah, <laughs> maybe not fit. You were told it. Interesting. Can I ask you another question? Did you ever have to show your letter to anybody? No. I, I, I FaceTime with Dave Wright this week. Dave Wright's a missionary in Greece. Wilma's son. I FaceTime with Dave this week. You know what Dave said? Dave said, every time I go to the refugee camp, I'm pulled over by the police multiple times every single day them asking for my letter of essential. I've had to change how long it takes me to get to work because of the amount of times that I'm pulled over. What, what am I saying to us? I, I'm saying to us that we have enjoyed conveniences and comforts in our nation like no other nation has ever got to enjoy. And we have enjoyed them, but may I make a warning right here that our conveniences and our comforts does not equal giving our life to God. It's not the same thing. We've got to separate those out. You see, Jesus was writing this passage, and who was the government? Rome. And I guarantee you it was not convenient nor comfortable to live with Rome as your government. And Jesus is saying what? Obey them. Will you stay with me as I continue this? So, when do we stop obeying comfort? As... as the United States citizens, I think we've got to be careful not to allow our conveniences and our comforts to become something that God commanded or didn't command. See, I don't believe as Christians that we become civil disobedient until when? Until the government commands us to do something God commands us to do. Not to, do, to not do something that God commanded us to do, or that the government commands us to do something that God said for us not to do. Now, let me say this. We have enjoyed our conveniences and our comforts, and we don't want to give them up, so therefore you have an obligation to vote for people that want to protect them. But I want to say this on the other hand, if we lose that vote, you still have an obligation, and I have an obligation to be obedient to this government. Even if it means us losing conveniences and comforts. So let's think about what we've learned. We've learned this. People are manipulators. By nature, each and every one of us manipulate people to get what we want. We figure it out, what it is, and we accomplish it. Okay? People manipulate by flattery and frowns. And, and the realization is, is that by nature, we like division. We choose teams. 
We pick our favorite teams. We pick our favorite parties. We, 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 we within the church pick the battlegrounds. The truth is, by nature, we like to divide. If, if, if a brother says, the chair's purple, I'm going to say, I believe it's a little pink. We like to stand in opposition to what anybody else might say. We're a people that like to divide. What else did we learn, eh? Jesus sees straight through our manipulation. He knows our motive. He knows our manipulation. We may fool the people around us. They may drink our flattery, but Jesus will not. What else did we learn? We learned this, that Jesus will never be without the right answer. He will always have the right answer. What else did we learn? We learned today that, God, that Jesus commands us to obey government because government is ordained by Him. We'll look at that. Jesus obeys us, uh, commands us to obey government and to worship God. What else did we learn, Hayden? That we can ask God our questions, and He'll give us His answers, and they'll be right. You're in a difficult time, you're in a struggle, and you don't know why or what's going on. You can ask Him anything. Matter of fact, we need to go to Him. What else did we learn? We learned that God has ordained governments. We can look at that in Romans 13, 1 through 7. What else did we learn? We learned that we are in the image, made in the image of God. So therefore, we give ourselves to Him. So what are we going to do? Well, how do we apply what we've learned? What's the truths we have? Can we, like the psalmist in 139, it said, Lord, will you search me and try me and see if there's any good or bad in me, any evil going on there? God, will you check my motives? Will you check my manipulation today? God, will you check what's going on in my life? God, will you, will you help me to see through the flattery? Will you help me to be honest without flattery? What else are we going to do? You, every one of us, listen, I'm, I'm, I want you to think about it. Every one of us are going through this thing together. And every one of us have different opinions and we don't know. And we watch CNN and get one thing. We watch Fox and get another thing. We watch this doctor and get another thing. We watch that doctor and get another thing. Why don't we go to Jesus and say, God, what do you want us to know and understand and learn during this time? God, what is it for me specifically? Oh, what do you want me to get through this? What do you want me to grow in? What do you want me to learn in? What are we going to do? We're going to obey the government as long as we can. Until it tells us to do something that God has commanded us not to do or until it tells us we can't do something that God has commanded us we need to do, we're going to obey Him even if that means us giving up conveniences and comforts. Because that's what Christ would have His followers to do. We will pay to Caesar, to Trump, to whoever it is, what belongs to them. And we will, lastly, we will worship God as long as we live. 
We will worship God as long as we live. I want to read this last thing put together by Danny Aiken. And I have these. I have these printed out and put out, and they're on the table as you, on the left-hand side going out the door at the end of service. You can pick these up, but food for thought as we finish. I think this is well done by Danny Aiken. As a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, my Sovereign God, I pledge the following to the governing authorities which are ordained by God. I will be a good citizen living in subjection to governmental authority, even a pagan one. I will responsibly engage the political process. If allowed, I will vote seeking to bring my Christian convictions into the public arena. Number two, I will live internationally like Joseph in Egypt, Daniel in Babylon, and Jesus himself on earth. My ultimate allegiance is to Christ and his kingdom. Number three, I will obey the state, but I will worship only God. And I will thank God for all the good he does through the government, praying always for all who are in authority. I will acknowledge that all governmental authority is established by and comes from God, even those that are bad. I will acknowledge that all government services, in some measure, the purposes of promoting good and punishing evil. Should you give you this thought? Bad government is almost always better than no government. I will pay all taxes levied upon me by my government, recognizing it is right to do so. I will engage in civil disobedience only when my government government prohibits me from doing what the Bible commands or when it commands me to do what the Bible prohibits. I believe... Those, each one of those marks are filled with scriptures that you can take and study and look at. And as we go forward, may we obey as long as we can. And may we worship as long as we live. Let me pray for us. Father, I love you. I thank you for this time. Thank you for this blessing. God, your word is speaking to us on Memorial Day about everyday life and how do we live it? What do we do in it? God, Father, you change our hearts today. Change our minds. In Jesus' name, amen.